From the beautiful city of Hollywood, we bring you Film Forward, the official podcast of the Los Angeles Diversity Film Festival. Hey, hey, welcome to Film Forward, everybody, the official podcast of the Los Angeles Diversity Film Festival. And today we are bringing you yet another one of our patented Gimme 3 episodes. And with Valentine's Day on the horizon, we are doing Gimme 3 Romantic Comedies. Something to get everybody in the mood for love. Hopefully some films to raise your spirits. Our last couple of Gimme 3 episodes, we were touching on some heavy subjects. And for my sake, so I don't blow my brains out, I wanted to brighten it up. And when you're looking to brighten up your life, who are you going to call? Not the Ghostbusters. You're going to call Miss Adriana Lopez. Adriana, <laughs> she works for the awards department at Amazon Studios, and she has a doctorate's degree in romantic comedies. <laughs> so, Adriana, thank you for being here and helping me dive into these rom-coms. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm so happy to be here, Nick. Thank you for having me. I love that introduction. Where do you go to get a doctorate's degree in, in romantic comedies? Oh gosh, you uh, you go first to the kitchen and you okay. get yourself a nice glass, maybe maybe even a chilled glass or like because I like a chilled red. I don't know if you like chilled red wine, but pour yourself a nice little glass of wine. Go walk over to the couch. Maybe you have like some caramel popcorn or some tart, some chocolate or some kind of treat. And then you go to school with, I mean, some of the best. You, you got to yes. go with like a Julia Roberts. She'll teach you some things. Cameron Crowe will teach you some things. Oh, yeah. I mean, we have some pretty great ones, I think, on this list that'll teach us some things too. So I'm excited. We got, <laughs> we've got a, a very eclectic mix, I think. Some of my favorites, some that I hadn't seen in forever, and some I hadn't seen. Oh, that's exciting. I'm really excited. So you're going to start us off here. Give me three romantic comedies. Your first one is. Oh, my first one is Nick. And you know this because you and I are friends, but anyone else who knows me knows that this is my, not only my favorite romantic comedy of all time, but it is also my favorite movie of all time. It is my all time favorite movie. The one and only When Harry Met Sally. Yes. uh, was released in 1989, directed by Rob Reiner, written by Nora Ephron, bless her heart, may she rest. Yes. And it's just, oh, it's the best. I mean, <laughs> like, it is the best. How, how do you even, it is what every romantic comedy strives to be. It has it all. Like I said, it's my favorite of all time. I watch it every year like kind of around the holidays. So I actually just watched it right around New Year's. Yeah. I mean, that's the perfect time. You, It's such a great New York movie. You can watch it in the fall. Or of course, there's a lot of Christmas elements to that movie. And then of course, the New Year's Eve element, which encompasses like the ending of the movie and all of that. So God, it just gets me. It's so just well-written. The chemistry between Meg Ryan and Billy Crystal, who... Meg is your quintessential romantic comedy. I think this kind of catapulted her into romantic comedy stardom. It sort of solidified her as like 
the greatest romantic movie actress of all time. I mean, before this, she had done some things like Top Gun. <laughs> but, right. but I think this was really like what put her on the map. And then just she immediately followed it up with like Prelude to a Kiss, Sleepless in Seattle, like French Kiss, IQ, You've Got Mail, of course. You know, so it's just like she grabbed the gold standard and just went for it. So she's the best. Their chemistry on here is so, it's so perfectly timed. The comedic timing of this movie, of course, you have Billy Crystal, who is a comedian, mm-hmm. and he just is such a pro. Not exactly you're, you know, the leading man that ladies would maybe choose as their romantic <laughs> comedy, you know, but there's just something about him in this movie. Like, I adore him. I fall in love with him every time. And then, of course, you have the great supporting cast of... Carrie Fisher and Bruno Kirby as Jess and Marie, who are just, uh, they're the best. They're hilarious. So, I mean, if there's anyone who hasn't seen this movie, I'll give you a little synopsis. Yeah. So basically, it, it kind of takes place over a period of about, I guess, like 12 years. And it focuses on this age old question of that, you know, and, and Billy kind of poses it in the beginning of the movie. Within the first 15 minutes of the movie, he says, can men and women ever be friends? So Harry and Sally meet at the University of Chicago. They then drive from Chicago to New York City after graduation. And they don't really like each other at first, I don't think. They definitely don't, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That first initial car ride has like quite a bit of tension, but a lot of laughter as well. And another thing I love about this movie, I'm kind of going to hop around, but the passing of time with the stories and then they put in those real life stories to kind of break up the time passing with the couples telling their stories of how they got together. Maybe just the romantic in me. You chose me, obviously for a reason for this, but but the romantic in me always wanted to believe that those couples were real life couples, but apparently they're not. I read that Rob Reiner did cast actors, but that all the stories were true. The stories are true, yeah, yeah. but they are actors. I mean, Nick, how do you feel about this movie? Are you obsessed with it as I am? Like, You know, <laughs> honest to God, like I'm not just saying this because you're on the episode and anybody who has listen to every episode of this podcast knows that this is true. This is also in probably my top 10 films of all time. Mm. I love it so much. And before this movie, I wasn't really into romantic comedies, to be honest. There was a couple that I liked. My mom was really into romantic comedies. So I'd seen a few and I was like, yeah, they're, they're fine. But I didn't like, I didn't appreciate what they could be until my freshman year of college. We watched this movie in my screenwriting class and Mm. we watched this movie while going through the script and I like was just floored by Nora Ephron's writing and her snappy dialogue and just the character development of these characters. I just love how she sets up these characters so beautifully and they're so like, as we all are in our early 20s, so arrogant and so sure of ourselves. Mm -hmm. And they have these rules, you know, that like, oh, men and women can't be friends and this and that. And, you know, you can't have good sex with somebody named Sheldon. It sets up all (laughs) all these like hilarious and arbitrary rules that all blow up in their face. I had just never peeled back the curtain to see a screenwriting like that 
yep. and be romantic comedies like that. And I mean, this was a groundbreaking romantic comedy. It's kind of like before this movie was one kind of romantic comedy, and then there's after this movie. You know, this this movie really changed the game. I just I love it. I've seen it since that college course. I've watched this movie probably about a hundred times, no joke. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and I read the script, you know, at least once a year because it's it inspires me. It's like I've taken a lot of inspiration from when Harry met Sally into like the rom-coms that I write. So I, I often like revisit it just for inspiration or for like technique or just, just to sometimes just to be in awe because like, there's no, like I will never be as good as Nora Ephron is. So it's just good to just, Oh, crack it open and just be like, bow down. You know, it's really incredible. Oh, I mean, she's the, she's one of the best, obviously. Like she also, you know, for anyone who doesn't know Nora, she also wrote Sleepless in Seattle. She wrote You've Got Mail. And she had this sort of like longstanding relationship with Meg. And I think they really just like trusted each other. Like the collaborative effort between the two of them and also even Rob as the director, I feel like they gave them so many liberties with the film. I read that so much of, a lot of it is improvised or they ask their input. And I think actors really appreciate that. And I can just imagine the trust that was there on that set. They they must have just been having a blast. Absolutely. You mentioned Billy Crystal and Meg Ryan, but I don't think it can be understated just how great they are because, like you said, they are so charming. They make you fall in love with them, even though their characters are so flawed. And not, <laughs> not, not only that, there is some of the worst hair you will ever see <laughs> In the world, in this movie, both on Billy Crystal and on Meg Ryan, yet they're both sexy. At the, like, oh my that, god, that is a testament to how good they are. It's like I am so attracted to Meg Ryan, even though she's got the worst head of hair I've ever seen on a white woman. Absolutely, especially <laughs> oh my god, especially when she opens the door and she's a sobbing mess in yeah. that bathroom. <laughs> I knew exactly which scene you were talking about because oh, yeah. well, it comes to the point, Nick, and obviously you and I have seen this movie a hundred times or more, but you kind of just start looking at other things. Of course, you're still like so invested. I'm I'm invested in it every time. But when you see something so many times, you're just kind of like looking at other things like, oh, what's that sitting on her countertop? Like, (laughs) It's such a great New York movie. It's such a great like walking New York movie, which kind of pays homage to like old Woody Allen films and stuff. Just really like them just like walking and talking and enjoying the city and showing the city as almost like a character. Of course, there's the famous like orgasm scene in, you know, the deli, which I am not, I can't think of what the name of the deli is that they used, but Sonia's going to kill me for not remembering that. I, but. <laughs> I was going to say arts deli, but I think that's here in LA. Yeah. <laughs> um, I could say a million things, but I feel like I'm so glad we're starting with this one because this is just like peak. It is. Yeah. It gets, it gets us in the mood. It does. And I would like someone to try to fight us on a better romantic comedy. I mean, I know that they're out there, you know, you have so many, but this is just, this just takes the cake in my opinion. It's, I think a perfect romantic comedy. It's exactly what you want. I couldn't agree more. And for any listeners out there that want to fight Adriana and I, (laughs) Nicholas at LADFF.com. We'll we'll set a date. We'll set a time. Circle of death. And you will lose. 
Agreed. When Harry Met Sally, if you haven't seen it, please check it out and have a good time. And it is available to rent on all your streaming platforms. And you can also rent it at Cinephile Video, which is on Santa Monica Boulevard. Give your local video store some love. Okay, so my first one is also a clap. This is more the like classic romantic comedy, the pre-When Harry Met Sally mm-hmm. romantic comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is the Billy Wilder directed classic, The Apartment. And this movie has got laughs, it's got romance, and it's got some real dark shit. It really I does. Just, I, I said at the beginning of this movie that I wasn't going to go dark places. And then here we go. My first movie, I'm going dark places. <laughs> I don't know what's going on, Adriana. I need help. (laughs) Here we go. This film is about a young man named C.C. Baxter, who's played by Jack Lemmon. And he is, well, he's a bit of a pushover. He works at an insurance company. And every night he stays late at his job, not because he's getting overtime or not because he loves his job, but it's because his scumbag bosses are using his apartment to have extramarital affairs. So these guys just walk all over him. They call him late. Hey, I got to use the apartment. I got to use the apartment. Oh, they use his apartment during the holidays. It's just a sad, sad situation. This man is, he's lame, bro. Like there's no other way to put it. Like, he really he, is. He's like, come on, come on, Cece, stand up for yourself. Grow a pair. Grow a pair for God's sakes. <laughs> so these bosses are always promising him a raise and and this and that. And finally, all this news gets around to like the boss of bosses, Jeff Sheldrake, who is played by Fred McMurray, who's one of my favorite actors of all time. And he is such a dick in this movie. He's he really so is. Great. So he wants to use the apartment for his extramarital affairs. But what Cece finds out is that he's having an affair with the woman that he has a crush on, the young lady who runs the elevator, Miss Fran Kubelik, who is played brilliantly by a very young Shirley MacLaine, who is just gorgeous in this movie. She is such a babe in this movie, Nick. Oh, man. She's so freaking beautiful and like stylish and sexy and oh my god her hair she's so gorgeous in this so the i I don't want to give a spoiler because i think for any of our young listeners listening this is one that they should check out yeah Yeah. anyways the boss does just something really horrible to fran and i don't want to spoil it but she just gets destroyed because Mm -hmm. you know she's young she she was in love with him you know he promised he was going to leave his wife for her and all this kind of stuff drama ensues but cc has to go to bat for fran he has to they're two broken people in this movie this film is really about these two broken people cc and fran who just continue Mm -hmm. to get trashed on she even has a liner there in the movie that says like some people get took and some people you know, do the taking and we're people that get took. So that's what this movie's about is these two people and they just kind of have to like pull themselves up and as you said, grow a pair. (laughs) (laughs) But they have to stand up for themselves and they have to stand up for each other. And through the midst of it all, they fall in love. This movie is, like I said, it goes some dark places, but it's also, this movie came out in 1960. This movie is really, really sexual for 1960. Oh, for sure. Oh my God, that holiday party that they're... <laughs> I'll just say the holiday party. Let's not, you know, again, we're, we want people to watch this movie. But I was just like, wow, there's a lot of like kind of raunchiness happening in this like, in this office building and, you know, whatever. And then 
Oh my God. When he goes to the bar and he meets up with that woman. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to say uh, there's that term ahead of its time. And it's, it's, I feel like it was the perfect movie to come out probably during that time. There was like such a revolution going on, mm-hmm. you know, but it must have done so much for like that genre then, not to mention just obviously the perfect casting that you mentioned. Jack Lemon is actually so incredible in this role, even though we are kind of bashing him a little bit. That's the character. That's not the actor. He is so good in this. And the picture also won Best Picture. It won the Oscar that year. And I hope to God it never happens. But if someone were to try to make a version of this movie now, it would probably still be just as good just because it's that good the story is that good it's that rich and they touch on dark topics it's not just all fluff and you know rainbows and butterflies like a lot of romantic comedies can be and i love that about this movie yeah it's uh, like you said i think it was definitely ahead of its time like fran plays kind of like a modern woman you know she's, she's very modern she lives on her own. She's got her job. She's got this independence. She doesn't take no guff off nobody, you know, like Mm -hmm. she does take guff from this boss, but it's because she's in love and she's young and God knows we've all been there before. Absolutely. I think this movie is really relatable even today, whatever it is, what, 60 some odd years after its release. It's still so relatable. Exactly. I recommend checking it out. The apartment it is, I think you do have to rent it. So it is available to rent on all your streaming platforms or your cinephile video, or your local library. They'll hook you up as well. Every place has got I promise movie. you it's worth the three ninety nine though, or whatever it Oh, yeah. Is. Oh, easily. <laughs> okay, Adriana, your second pick, your second rom-com. My second is About Time. It came out in 2013, and it's written and directed by Richard Curtis, the great Richard Curtis, who's name I think is synonymous with every single British rom-com imaginable that we all that we all know and love. Four Weddings and a Funeral, Notting Hill, Bridget Jones Diary, and of course, he wrote and directed everyone's favorite no matter what time of year. Love actually is like one of the greatest ever. So that's Richard Curtis. He gifted us with all of those, but I wanted to share a little Richard Curtis film that maybe a lot of people haven't seen. And this movie is really something special, in my opinion. It's just, it's kind of different. It's almost, it's sort of got this like fantasy element that I guess I'm just going to go ahead and... I don't think it's a spoiler, Nick, right? Because no, no. Because I you, I think you, you it's in the tagline. You learn pretty quickly. And also I think it was in the trailer. Like, yeah. This ha- like when you read the synopsis, it says, you know, Tim on his 21st birthday finds out this, you know, so I'll go ahead and tell you the tagline for this movie was what if every moment in life came with a second chance? And it sort of lets you in on the secret twist of this movie, which is this kind of time travel element (laughs) that, that it has. This movie is super romantic and has so much heart, but it also has this sort of fantasy element to the story where 
Tim, who is played by the incredible Irish actor, Donal Gleeson. He's great. I mean, he's been in, in so many things. I mean, isn't he in like all of the Star Wars stuff? He's, in the new, he's the Nazi guy in all the new Star Wars movies. Yeah, he's fantastic. He's so great. Although he does play British in this movie, which he does perfectly well. And then, of course, we have the incredibly beautiful American actress, Rachel McAdams, who plays Mary. And Donal plays Tim. So anyway, Tim, on the night of his 21st birthday, he finds out from his father that all of the men in his family, they have the ability to travel back in time and change things that have happened in their lives. And Tim wants, of course, more than anything to, he's 21, he wants to find love. He's kind of this like... (laughs) He's kind of this like nerdy looking, tall, string bean, red hair, sort of lanky and and awkward guy. But he's also so adorable in this. And when he meets Rachel McAdams character, Mary, in kind of a a really cool way, and they just hit it off right away. And, you know, that skinny chap with red hair just kind of becomes this like charmer. He's so great in this movie. And I mean, Richard Curtis is a genius with the writing. And I think the story is so like interesting. There is the the love, the romantic element of this, but the script is also so smart. The story is so charming and hilarious. There's also a dash of like drama and sadness, which I mean, in my opinion, if a movie like doesn't make you cry, then I mean, is it is it even good? <laughs> no, I, I mean, the answer is no. <laughs> This movie, I weep. I hadn't seen it. So like I said, it came out in 2013. And my fiance and I went and saw it. And oh my God, the impact that it made, you know, Nick, you know, and you do it too. We keep track of our favorite movies of the year, like clockwork. And I think this one came out like maybe kind of earlier in the year that year. And we never forgot it. It just, it had such an impact on both of us. And I hadn't seen it since then because it would, that experience was so magical to me. I remember we saw it at Lemley NoHo 3. I'm sorry, Lemley NoHo 7. <laughs> it's been so long since we've been in the theater. It's been we so forgot long, we forget the number. It's our neighborhood theater. So yeah, I saw it after we decided we were going to do this together. I watched it and oh my God, it was like watching it for the first time. Had you ever seen this movie nick <laughs> i had i had not seen it i watched it for the first time let's see about three hours ago <laughs> i was really pleasantly surprised like you said it i had no idea where this movie was gonna go like it, yep. star, it starts and you know this thing happens and you find out that he this guy can do some time travel and you're like all right that's fun and rachel mcadams is just so adorable in this movie and she's I mean she's great in everything but yeah like I really did not know where this movie was gonna go it's refreshing when you have mm-hmm. that because mm-hmm. you know especially with rom-coms so many of them are you know there is a especially with American rom-coms there's a formula not saying that that's good or right but there just is yep Th- thanks to Nora Ephron like there's a this happens <laughs> then this happens then this happens then this happens so and I'm not saying that you can't enjoy it knowing the formula hell like I know the formula like the back of my hand but yet i will see any rom-com that you throw at me 
But this movie does not go by that formula, and it takes twists and turns that I had no idea where it was going. And so it was a lot of fun. And you got Margot Robbie, young Margot Robbie. Young there, Margot also. Robbie. Like, Did you spot young Vanessa Kirby as well? Yeah. 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 Margot Robbie's like, I mean, she's just like, she's a, like too beautiful. It's kind of disgusting. Oh, You're yeah. just like, come on, like save some for the rest of us, girl. Like this is just Absolutely. not fair. It is not fair. Like you said, it's got a lot of heart and I really loved, you know, where this film ended up with the theme appreciation for life, you know, mm-hmm. and appreciation for who's in your life and soaking in those moments, which is so, so easy to forget and so easy to just get in your grind and get pissed off about that and get pissed off about this. And it was really, you know, sometimes you need movies like this as a kind of reminder of what's important. Love Love is what's important. And I thought this movie, you know, portrayed that really beautifully. It really does. It takes you on such a journey, obviously a journey through time, no pun intended, (laughs) a journey, how they met, the beginning stages of their relationship and just all the way down the line. But then you have his like kind of flash forwards, what he chooses to like replay and redo. It's just so interesting. And obviously the romantic relationship is the, you know, the center focus of the movie. His relationship with his family, if I'm lucky enough to have a child, I want to like be that close with my children. He's so close with his parents, so close with his sister. And I just love that they're, they're, it's just so warm and heartfelt. They just literally worship each other. They're obsessed with each other. They hug, they kiss, they love. And it just gives me all the warm and fuzzies. It's such a great one. I think it's really special. It's truly unique. There are some interesting time travel movies out there, but none that are like this. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, this one is this one is really, really fresh. And so yeah. check it out. It is available on Netflix. I just watched it today. Yeah. And honestly, I'm kind of looking forward to watching it again. Good. So, so check it out. About time available on Netflix. And now I'm gonna go into this is also kind of a unique rom-com. Very, <laughs> very different. I'm going with But I'm a Cheerleader, which came out in 1999. And the film is directed by Jamie Babbitt, stars Natasha Lyonne, the great Natasha Lyonne, and Clea Duvall. So if for those who have not seen But I'm a Cheerleader, Natasha Lyonne plays Megan, who is a cheerleader at her school in a very cookie-cutter town, very white, very religious, very leave-it-to-beaver. And the film definitely is like a satirization of the perfect American life. And so everybody in Megan's life, her friends, her parents, all seem to know something that Megan doesn't, and that is that she is gay. And so they have this intervention with her saying, like, you're gay and and we got to fix it. So we're going to send you off to, like, gay rehab camp, this gay rehab camp called True Directions. And this, like, repressed gay dude comes to Recruiter, which is played brilliantly by RuPaul. Amazing. And they're going to turn her from gay to straight, which, you know, it's all very campy. It's all very tongue in cheek. But... Also very knowing that the unfortunate thing that there are many real places like this. Mm -hmm. So it's like I said, it's over the top and campy, but in a perfect way. You know, it has this empathy for its characters and it treats this, their conflict, their internal conflict with such love and respect. This movie does so well what movies like Boy Erased fail so miserably at and it's by just pulling people in instead of pushing people away 
So anyways, she goes to this rehab camp, this gay <laughs> rehab camp called True Directions, and she falls for this girl while she's trying to repress her homosexual feelings. She falls for this girl, Graham, who is played by Clea Duvall, and she is just great in this movie. And their chemistry is like, yeah. like this movie is straight up silly. There's moments of it that are straight up silly. <laughs> But when these girls get together and share the screen in like these intimate moments, you can actually feel the butterflies coming through off the screen, which is not an easy feat to accomplish. They encapsulate that like young teenage first kissed, first sexual experience stuff. They really capture it wonderfully in this movie and it's just great and another reason why i love it is sometimes romantic comedies tend to have some like twisted kind of gender normative role stuff you know men do this women do that this film just gives a big middle finger to those gender roles calls them out for what they are so it's fresh it's like john waters meets uh i don't know what it's just it's all over the place in the perfect way it's great i completely agree nick it is really fresh. You said it came out in 1999. Like I didn't see this movie. This is one that was on your list that I hadn't seen. And so I watched it and you're saying I'm watching it 21 years after it came out. This movie could be made right now. And I bet you, I don't know if it had as large an impact back then. I'm sure it's gained a cult following kind of over the years. It's really that kind of like, you know, sort of out of this world, over the top, satirical, like strange, a little bit, a little bit whimsy, kind of out of this world movie. But I bet that if it were made now or even, even a few years ago, it would still be groundbreaking now. This movie would help so many people. It's so good. I really, really liked it, Nick. I laughed a lot. A lot of laughs. A lot lot of laughs. I completely agree with you about Clea. She's so good anyway. I just like love her as an actor, but she's so good in this movie. She's so authentic Mm -hmm. and her performance is just so perfect. And her and Natasha, their chemistry is just it's, it's absolutely wonderful. I love the colors. <laughs> like the yeah. colors in this movie are just so, the, the pinks and the greens and the blues. And it's just, it felt almost like the music video Black Hole Sun by Soundgarden. Oh yeah, I could totally see that. <laughs> like sort of quirky, but beautiful, but creepy, but disturbing. But like, obviously at the heart of it, there is really just this story of self-discovery and learning about love and first love. It's so special. I really liked it. <laughs> yeah, and Clea Duvall recently directed that uh, Happiest Season movie. So now she's, you know. I really liked that movie. Did you watch it this Christmas? I did. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I thought it was it was a blast. It was I so good. saw on Letterboxd a lot of LGBT people really connecting with that film. and, and Absolutely. And it, and it she is, a she is a, a true like icon and a true voice for them. And I think that this movie probably really opened those doors for her. As you mentioned, it is a cult film. Like it, this movie found a, a cult <laughs> audience. When it came out, it got smashed. Like, oh, I bet. The critics were like trash. They didn't get it. You know, they just like didn't understand what the film was doing. But you know, a lot of people did and a lot of people connected to it and related to it because it's just a brilliant piece of work. So 
it's found its cult following. There's repertory screenings of it all the time. Outfest just did a repertory screening of it a couple years ago. Oh, that's so great. It's definitely found its audience. And I think it is truly a cult classic. And But at its core, it's such a real story. And like you said, yeah. the, the yeah. real story being that places like this actually do exist. Mm-hmm. Like there are actually, I mean, Nick and I are both kind of lucky enough to grow up in California. So we're, we're about, we're about as liberal as it gets, Nick. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, th- there are places in the country that we live in where this is probably the norm. Sending people off to, you know, let's make you not gay camp is probably a thing that is still out there right now. Yeah, unfortunately, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, if you need some laughs and if you are struggling coming out, you know, listening to this, if you're you're young and or old struggling coming out, maybe this movie might help you, you know, or at least make you feel welcome and loved and understood. But I'm a cheerleader. It is available to stream and rent uh, wherever you rent your films. And it's just it's a great time. It is a really great time. And it is so freaking stylish. Okay, man, we're flying through it. We are going to be right back here on Film Forward. If you're in the mood for love, you've come to the right place because we're going to continue to celebrate romantic comedies. And when we return, Adriana and I are going to give our final picks. Give me three romantic comedies. Film Forward returns after this. We'd like to take a minute and give a very special thanks to our new sponsor, E-Minutes. E-Minutes is a company of entertainment lawyers who are dedicated to giving a platform to underrepresented voices by helping filmmakers form companies and other necessary legal entities. They're sponsoring a new award with LADFF called the Emerging Filmmaker Award and giving their services for free to the lucky winners. You can find out more about them by going to LADFF.com and clicking on the E-Minutes link. Hello, I'm Sonia, and this is my Movie Minute. Today, I want to talk about Kajillionaire. It stars Evan Rachel Wood, Gina Rodriguez, Richard Jenkins, and Deborah Winger. This is another movie that probably flew pretty far under the radar last year, unfortunately, due to the way that films were released and promoted in 2020. The first thing that'll catch your eye is the color palette. It's bright while also muted, and it makes you feel the sunny SoCal location and simultaneously the underground, detached lifestyle of the characters. The other striking visual is Evan Rachel Wood's appearance, her super long hair and her face, ugly, oversized clothing, and she frequently does actual gymnastics that she's learned to avoid detection as her parents send her around LA to steal things. The quirkiness and style are amazing vehicles to bring you into the world of a young woman whose entire existence has been a scam, even down to the origin of her name, and who has grown up in what seems like a tight-knit unit, but which is really a sad and manipulative imitation of a family. In one early scene in particular, We see Evan Rachel Wood's character go to a parenting class as part of a scam she's running, and she sees a video of a newborn baby first attempting to breastfeed. When I saw her eyes looking at this baby with longing, jealousy, and bewilderment, it was instantly clear that this woman has never experienced tenderness, and my heart went out to her and it stayed for the rest of the film. 
Kajillionaire is pretty perfectly executed by the cast and crew, with, of course, huge props going to writer and director Miranda July. I give it a lot of credit for being magical, silly, sad, dark, and uplifting all at once. Check out Kajillionaire. It's streaming for rent on various platforms. And let us know what you think. That was my minute, and thanks for listening. Most people want to be kajillionaires. That's the dream. That's how they get you hooked. Hooked on sugar, hooked on caffeine. Ha, ha, ha. Cry, cry, cry. Me, I prefer to just skim. So do I. All right, we are back here on Film Forward, everybody. And we are talking about romantic comedies. And we are with the doctor of romantic comedies herself, (laughs) Miss Adriana Lopez. For a limited time, she will be Miss Adriana Lopez. Oh, gosh. Soon to be Mrs. (laughs) Soon to be Mrs. That's so weird, isn't it, friend? It is. I mean, but well, it's, but it's, took, it took him long enough, right? It took him long enough. I mean, I was going to say it's weird just because it's like a new word, but it's not really weird. It's more like, you know, finally. Yeah. We love you, Ryan. We love you, Ryan. So far, Ms. Adriana Lopez has suggested the greatest of all time, the goat of romantic comedies, When Harry Met Sally. Mm-hmm. Uh, she also recommended About Time. And I have recommended The Apartment and But I'm a Cheerleader. And now we're about to give you our final picks. And I'm going to go first. So we save the best for last with Adriana. My third and final pick is the classic comedy coming to America. It's just, you know, we'll get into it. For those who haven't seen it. What's wrong with you, first of all? (laughs) You know, like what is wrong with you? Uh, But here it is. The film follows Akeem, who is the prince of Zamunda. And in being the prince of this African nation of Zamunda or town, I don't know what it is, but it's beautiful. Akeem is pampered beyond your wildest imagination. He's got rose bearers, for God's sakes, who drop rose petals at his feet. Gorgeous, topless black women bathe him and tell him when the royal penis is clean. (laughs) And of course, being a prince... He's got a wife already picked out for him, mm-hmm. but Akeem is bored with this lifestyle. He's bored with his life. He's looking for excitement. He's looking for independence, and he's looking for love. And where better to fall in love than Queens, New York, <laughs> a place fit for a prince and a king. Queens, of course. <laughs> so him and his best pal, Semi, who's played by Arsenio Hall, they head to America in search of his new bride, and Akeem wants somebody with a brain. And in that, he finds the beautiful, the brilliant, and she's such a good person, this Lisa McDowell. She but really she's is. hooked up with another prince, the prince of soul glow fortune. <laughs> this jerk who just mistreats her, you know, he's just he's a he's oh. a jerk. So, anyways, he's gotta win her without breaking the news that he's royalty. He's gotta make her fall in love with him for who he is, not for the prince that he is. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you know, this film is very obviously it's very famous. It's really famous for its comedy. It's famous for, you know, all the multiple parts that Murphy and, and Arsenio Hall play and yep. you know, the sexual chocolate, all that stuff. Like, I mean, and 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 rightfully so. Iconic. It's like it's iconic. There's iconic comedy in it, and and because it's Eddie Murphy, and he's like the most famous stand-up comedian at this time. Yes, this is peak Eddie right here. But everybody remembers it for just the funny. But it does not get enough credit, I think, for just how great of a romantic comedy it is. It's really sweet. There's a lot of heart. 
And, you know, this was really, like I said, this was like peak Eddie Murphy as a comedian. But this, you got to see Eddie Murphy act, which now we're used to. Now we've seen him do dramatic roles and all this kind of stuff. But you got to see some of his his early acting chops in this, and he's really great. And he plays a great romantic lead. This movie more than holds up. It like it just it, it just it just kills it still every time. It's just Sonia and I watched it the other night. We were just laughing our asses off. Nick. I cannot tell you, like when you sent me this movie that you, this was one of your choices. I was so happy. I told you guys how much When Harry Met Sally means to me. This movie means so much to me. I can't even tell you. I have watched this movie since I was probably eight or nine years old my dad just, he didn't give a shit. He showed us every, he showed us everything. So I was watching, I mean, he had this on VHS. It was like recorded. And I remember the, the white label with my dad's handwriting that said coming to America, you know, like, like we watched it on the VCR constantly, me and my siblings and my cousins, we still quote this movie to this day. We have so many coming to America isms in my family. I could literally sing the entire soul glow song for you. I'm not going to directed by the amazing John Landis, who gave us like some of the greatest comedy animal house, blues brothers, trading places. You have the great James Earl Jones. Yes. Who just looked like a king, man. Like, I mean, if you're going to cast a king in any movie, it's just like, my God. Like when he steps out of the car, when he comes to New York and he's got that lion thing on his... Just yes. like, oh, and he walks into yeah. the barber shop, and then and then what's his name grabs and he's this is beautiful. What is this? <laughs> I mean, it's so amazing. This movie is just hilarious. But Nick, you are so right. If you had a list of like the greatest comedies of all time, this would one hundred percent be on that list. But people don't think of it as a romantic comedy, and leave it leave it to Nicholas Polybara to go ahead and add it to a romantic comedy list. That's I love right. it. I see the romance and everything. <laughs> Oh, Nick. Um, no, Akeem's view on love is just like, he. it's so pure. He wants to actually love somebody before he gets married. They try to bring in the, the girl that, that they want him to marry. And he's like, but... I don't, but I don't love her, yeah. you know, like I, I can't marry her. I don't love her. It's just, it's so pure. And like you said, he really just, he wants someone who's going to love him for him and not who he is, not because he's this prince and him and the character of, of Lisa, they have such a great, like natural chemistry. Like I love the moment on the swings at the party yeah. at the McDowell house when, when it's, it's kind of their first real scene together, just the two of them. And that's like one of my favorites in, in the movie that, and of course the subway scene at the end, towards the end of the movie with the two of them is just, it's just perfect. This movie is also like chock full of some of the most random and greatest cameos ever. Cuba Gooding Jr. is like the guy getting his hair yeah. cut in the barber <laughs> shop. Did you notice yeah, that? Yeah. And then you have Louis Anderson, who's the lettuce guy at McDowell's. And then the best, Samuel L. Jackson <laughs> is the guy who holds them up. If you've not seen it, uh, I mean, really check it out. But also check it out. Now you've got another reason to check it out because they are about to release at the beginning of yep. March mm -hmm. coming 
to the number two America, which is Mm a Amazon Studios joint. It sure is, my friend. We are one of our huge releases that we are so looking forward to. And as the fan that I am outing myself as being right now, which I'm not ashamed at all. It's one of the greatest movies ever. But when Amazon, when Amazon Studios bought this, I was so excited because I was like, yes, I'm going to get like, you know, obviously like kind of early access kind of thing and get, get to be a part of like, you know, certain things and whatever. Oh my God. Obviously if we were living in a nod COVID world, I'm sure there'd be some epic premiere that I could be at or something, but oh my God, so excited for the sequel. And honestly, like there are some sequels that come out like 20, 30 years later that I feel like didn't really work. Like, didn't they do that with like Dumb and Dumber Dumber and two terrible Um, the new lander was terrible this nick i'm sure you've seen the trailer like i love the storyline and where it's going i feel like it's gonna be really really good and my hope is that i don't want them to hold back the most fun element of coming to america is just how free and wild and not PC. And just this movie is just as vulgar as you can get. It's as raunchy as you can get. It's so perfect. And I hope to God that it, that, that the sequel lives up and I really feel like it will. I've got high hopes. You know, Eddie's had the opportunity to make this movie a few times and he's gone another way just because like the timing's not right Mm -hmm. or the script wasn't right. I feel like I For feel sure. like if he's doing it, and he doesn't just like, he doesn't need money, <laughs> you know? Like, no. So I feel like it's going to be good. Coming to America, get yourself ready for the sequel and get yourself ready for Valentine's Day. Like I said, it's a great rom-com and you're going to be laughing the whole damn way through. All right, Adriana, it is time for your third and final pick. Rounding out our rom-com episode. Well, my third pick is... The Big Sick. It is a recent rom-com. It came out in 2017. It was directed by Michael Showalter, who actually, I think he's like an actor who dabbled in some directing and writing, most recently the new Wet Hot American Summer, like a few years back. And then, of course, it is written by Emily Gordon and Kamel Nanjani, starring, of course... Kamel as himself and Zoe Kazan as Emily Gordon. This is their story. This is actually Kamel and Emily's real life story of how they met, fell in love, and they kind of break up. They, you know, they break up, someone gets sick. There's, I don't want to like give everything away because I feel like this also might have been a little movie that could, you know, like I'm not sure how many people really, really saw this movie. Again, Ryan and I were stoked to see it. Uh, Love Kamel. We were like, oh, cool. Love it. Also an Amazon original. Another Amazon (laughs) joint. Shameless plug. That was actually before my time at Amazon. So it has nothing to do. I'm not, I'm not plugging it because of that. I actually legitimately loved that movie and it made my top 10 list for 2017. So like I said, it focuses on Kamel and Emily, how they meet. She gets kind of this strange sort of infection, her lungs and her parents have to come out and Kamel uh, like builds this relationship with her parents, which are, is played 
absolutely brilliantly. I'm talking stellar performances by Holly Hunter and Ray Romano. Mm-hmm. They are so good in this. And the chemistry between those three when they are in a scene together, I could just watch it forever. The love story is, of course, again, the focus of this movie. But it's also, there's complicated family dynamics happening um, on Kamel's side regarding his religion and his his upbringing. The interracial love between Kamel and Emily. Kamel is, his family's from Pakistan and they are Muslim and they hold their values and their traditions truly sacred, of course. And Emily is, a, you know, a, a white woman and he is terrified of of telling his family about her so he kind of keeps her a secret and she's not super happy about it and you know there's all kinds of things in the in between with this movie there's you know a comedy element because of course we get a picture window into Kamel Nanjani's life, which I mean, most people obviously know who he is. You know, he was he was doing comedy out in Chicago, doing stand up, trying to pay the bills, being an Uber driver, like just like everybody else trying to get his start when he met Emily. And it's really a modern day romantic comedy versus the comedies that we grew up with, like the the 90s, the early 2000s, you know, like The Wedding Planner, Serendipity, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. It's like, yeah, hey, I'm a sucker for romantic comedies, right? They're silly. They're wonderful. I love all those movies too. But there is just something about this that's just like, it's, it's just real. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's real life. And, and it makes you feel something. You would laugh, you would cry. Like it's, it literally has it all. What did you think, Nick? Yeah, I loved it. Uh, I loved it when I saw it in the theater a few years back. I was really, I was mm-hmm. really floored by it. And I thought it was incredible. And sometimes, you know, you watch a movie in a theater and it just like hits you on the right day and the right time. Mm-hmm. And it's just magic. And I was like, ah, man, what awesome. So I went to rewatch this expecting to have less of an emotional impact, but it was not the case. The movie had just as much of a wallop as it did the first time I saw it, which was was great. Mm -hmm. And it made me just like be like, wow, that movie was really well made. And like you said, just really well written. That first like 30 minutes is wall to wall (laughs) jokes and Almost all of them will make you laugh out loud. And you yeah. get these two characters that just instantly make you fall in love with them. They're so quick. Mm-hmm. They're so charming. And then, like, I don't know, what is this about? Like, 45 minutes into the movie, you add Holly Hunter and Ray Romano into the mix. Oh. And they're these <laughs> legends that offer you a different kind of brilliance. They bring you this nuanced performance, and they're still funny, but in a completely different way. And you just watch them, and you're like, oh, my God. God, these guys are great. We got two movies about, you know, kind of dealing with arranged marriage uh, back to back here. The other thing I realized when I was watching this movie the other day was that you're kind of getting two for one with the romance here because her parents are going through some stuff also went through some rocky stuff and you you want them to work this out and you want them to kind of like Mm -hmm. figure this thing out so you've got kind of two i don't know if it was intentional or not but you have these two parallel kind of romance stories happening and it just shows you Mm -hmm. ray romano says this line that's really dumb and kamel like makes fun of him for it but i just love this line (laughs) ray romano's character (laughs) says love isn't easy that's why they call it love (laughs) 
<laughs> and he's like, what does that mean? He's like, I don't know. <laughs> but but it's but it's but it was but it was true. It was like love isn't easy. Yes. That's what this movie shows, is that you know, like you're gonna make sacrifices and there's gonna be pain no matter what. But love is love. You triumph, you can't help who you love. And this movie has a lot of heart. And like you said, it's grounded in reality because it was it was a true story. And it's also you know, the interesting thing, kind of also like the last film we just discussed is like, it talks a lot about the American dream and it talks mm-hmm. about it uh, from an interesting perspective. Kumail's father has this great line that I like where he says, the American dream is not just doing what you want. You know, it's like doing, you know, what's right for the family also, which which is very true. You know, his parents came from Pakistan and did all this stuff for him and they wanted him to live this life. So there's no easy answers in this movie. It's a lot of, you know, difficult questions, but that's life. And that's that's what I love about it. It's a complex romantic comedy. And show me any real relationship that isn't complex and I'll, sh- and I'll oh, show course. you to the, you know, whatever, the divorce, uh, you know, like it ain't gonna, ain't gonna end well. Yeah, there's just, there's so many different elements to it, but like all the the stories, they just all blend into each other so seamlessly. It's just, you're just constantly rooting and loving on all the characters. Like it's so well-made and and well-written. And I'm sure on this, I would, I would actually love to read the script because I feel like I, I would want to know what kind of... Um, changes they might have made or whatever because I think this movie's it's just so special you know at the, at the end and credits you know have me weeping again just being able to see their pictures yeah. and they're great I love that they you know obviously overcame whatever obstacles they had in front of them while also learning like self-acceptance and like being true to your authentic self and what you want Kamel didn't not go to New York you know, he still went, he still went to New York in the end. And then she went and found him, you know, so it's like, like you're not there. Nobody's giving anything up. They're staying true to themselves. Kamel is doing the same thing with his family. He's deciding I'm going to, I'm going to do this. Like I'm going to pursue this. And you know, if I'm kicked out of the family, then I love you and I'm still your son. There's so many elements. It's really just like a a gorgeous life lesson. I feel like you learn so much watching this movie about yourself and about love and about, like you said, the complicated things that go along with it. So the big sick, it's a great watch and it is available right now on Amazon prime. So check it out. What a, what a blessing was Adriana. Thank you for doing this with me. <laughs> this was so fun. Nick. You know, I thought about you when I thought about this concept for the episode and then you messaged me and you're like, I would you say I'm a romantic, I'm a rom-com, a holic or something. Rom-com, a holic. And I was like, all right. <laughs> That's it. So I made the wise choice in bringing you on because you picked some really amazing films, one that I hadn't seen and a couple that I was happy to revisit. So thank you for doing this for me and we'll do it again. Maybe next year for our single friends out there because we do feel for you. We'll do like breakup movies next year for next Valentine's Oh, that's great. Oh my God, let's so, do it. Until then, I want to thank you, Adriana. <laughs> thank you all for listening to Film Forward. Check out these romantic comedies. Happy Valentine's Day. Spend it with your loved one, whether it's a romantic partner or not. And we will catch you next time. Our recording engineer and mixer is Anselm Kennedy. The podcast is produced by Anselm, Sonia Maru, and yours truly. Thanks for joining us on Film Forward, and you'll hear us next time.